This is with Jerry here, deleted WrestleZone's very own no wrestling with XT, New Japan Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, reps. I am your host, Jerry. You're so winners. Really good mood because apparently, fucking crazy thing that took place. If you guys know what I'm talking about, I'm going to say it because it's the freaking first topic of this episode. Wakasukiyama did it! She finally got her first win. I have to say this is the most interesting but fascinating long-term storyline with her. You know, not having a single win for almost two years and seven months. I don't know how many days, folks, but it's crazy. I mean, how did this story first came about for her? I mean, like, what made it so fascinating? To understand that, let's go back to... Uh, to February of 2022. Now, if you guys remember, um, Cosmic Angels were still were dealing with the, the vicious attacks from the rivals DDM. Now, if you guys remember, on the end, year end climax of, of December of 2021, Cosmic Angels, most specifically, that were consistent with Tam and Waka, along with now former member Masakurai, were attacked by those mass silhouettes that turned out to be none other than Julia. And, of course, Julia, who has been making headways, decided to recruit my Sakurai, which she did. And, of course, Waka was the one story that was being told. My Sakurai felt that she is a far more better, greater wrestler than her and all of this, that she will never surpass her. But all the storylines we've been seeing, many wrestlers, many fans have often wondered, will her first opponent she could beat would be my Sakurai? No, it didn't happen that way. Will she finally obtain a future belt? There was a lot of questions that were going through that story ever since then. And of course, I know many fans have often say, Waka never fit well with the Cosmic Angels. I mean, look, I understand what you guys are saying. Yes, I mean, she doesn't dance with them very well. She doesn't do that. But she seems like she is willing to be by their sides no matter what. Like, if you guys remember, my Sakurai often say that she was forced. But Waka was not being forced. She said that no one forced me to do anything. And that kind of sets the whole thing better because it shows that Waka is determined to get things right no matter what they all said. But from then on, we've been seeing that she has the, the thing. She also had a big rivalry with Ram Kaicho in the New Blood series at least, what, three times? First time as a singles competitor, second time as a tag team competitor. On Trio's action, I believe. And then, of course, with Tam Nakano. But things didn't go well for that. And then Ram Kaicho, who started this mess to begin with, was pointed out that Tam Nakano was a big failure to Waka. You know, and Waka defended Tam, saying it wasn't her fault. But this forced Waka to put her in a position where she has three months to, you know, either if she cannot pick up a win since then, She's being asked to leave. And I think that kind of put people in the questions like, is this for real? So that kind of went into that storyline. And, and there were moments where Tam and Waka were at odds with each other in some capacity. But deep down, Tam felt guilty about doing that. I mean, I often said this. Tam has never been in this type of position as a leader before. She's always been so kind to everyone, no matter what. But she always makes sure that everyone is well taken care of. Well, that they're... That everything is okay with every last one of them. But Waka was the one person that kind of felt 
crushed with what's been going on. But I think the biggest stepping stone was when Waka decided to be in a 10-person gauntlet, ma gauntlet match that features Julia and 10 others. And Waka somehow was able to withstand three minutes with Julia when she kicked out of the glorious driver. But, uh, but, Wa but Julia stated she felt that she was fighting Tam the entire time. So it's all a matter of time before she was ready to pick up her first win. But the obvious thing was, how was this going to happen? Now, in um, in the showcase, in the Cosmic Angels rules match, um, the Captain Falls match, Tam volunteered herself to be the tag partner for Waka against 9 and 8 and a partner of her choosing. Now, we didn't know who she could have picked. My opinion, I would have assumed that it would have been Yuna Mizumori, but no, it turned out to be Kyrie. And in in the look of Waka, it was more like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So basically, it's, it's like she felt that everything is over. Like, oh, it's, it's she's done for. That's what she felt. That reaction. Even she said that if she doesn't win her match, not only she's being asked to leave Cosmic Angels, but at the same time, she's willing to quit Stardom altogether. Kyrie kind of felt like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you willing to put your career on the line for that? And, and, and in a way, it's like this. If you tell the story right with, um, with Waka, it's more like, what choice do I have? I'm facing two top-level competitors. And it's true. Waka knows that Nanane Takahashi and Kyrie are w former Red Belt champs and Goddesses tag team champions. How is it that she's going to be able to overcome them it, that tells that's the story that she knows that the stack is against her so basically it's more like the ultimate underdog challenge for her. you're facing two people who are at the who are at the top of the food chain and stardom for a long time and i think that tells us a fascinating story with it but but the obvious thing is what's going to happen uh, ever since this press conference that took place Waka decided to take some time off to train for this. And I like how the story was being told. Uh, if you guys saw this on YouTube, Tam took it upon herself to train her. Dragon Ball Z style, baby. She actually built these hard, like cardboard box turtle shells. And I thought it was awesome. So there was clips of that that they were training. But one day Tam put those in this Twitter on Twitter saying, she showed up at the dojo but found a letter from Waka and the turtle shell was missing. Nobody knows where she went, but she did say that she went to the mountains. And then one day they found her. One day she was found in, in the, face down in the, in the streets. And she was found by Ram Kaicho and, uh, and Mika Ozaki of all people, the ones who tormented her in New Blood. So they decided to help her out. So basically, they did. They gave her some training. And of course, as always, Ram Kaicho threw the ectoplasma. But how is this going to affect on her match at New Blood Premium? Well, the day happened. She comes out with the new gear, new look. But she has that f look in her face like, okay, I'm dead serious now. Like, I'm going to war. And that kind of puts it on. I'm, like, impressive by certain moments. Um, there was a great... But I noticed how Tam was making sure that the match goes in favor for Waka. Like, 
making sure she gets the pin. Because it feels like if Tam picks, makes the win, it's not an official win. She makes sure that the win goes to Waka no matter what. So she's trying to make clear for Waka to make that final execution. And I think that plays out fantastically. Because normally when we see things like that with tag partners, if the story revolves on one of them, one of the main person has to be the one to pick up the one. And I love what they did in that in that storyline with Waka, you know? And I didn't think it was going to be possible until many times over, uh, people confused the move of a Tiger Suplex over an Aussie Suplex. Now, the si Tiger Suplex is where you lift off the person with your arms in the back, like when you have your opponent's arms behind them, like in, in a hook manner, and then lift them up and land up them on the back. However, the Aussie Suplex is basically a move where you're sliding with them to ensure they don't get out. But one thing led to another. It seems like she did an Aussie Suplex on Nanane, and then she rolled up, hold her down long enough for the ref to do the three count, and presto, she picked up the win. I was like, can't, couldn't believe it. Even Twitter was going like, Waka did it. She really did it. And everybody else were like that all over Twitter. You know, that no one couldn't believe that. So it was kind of an amazing story. But I did like the promo, you know, where Waka was crying and, she sells out that she's still alive. And, of course, she thanks Nanane for the match and all this. And, of course, Nanane replied saying, you know, that she needs to stop crying and, and smile more. And, of course, Waka kind of used her hand to make herself smile. And Nanane, I'm sure she will not, she'll never forget this match, even though she doesn't like to lose. She said that Waka is a worthy rival. So I think she gave her respect over that. But what made me cry the most was many people said that Waka would leave Cosmic Angels when she picked up the win. But that wasn't the case at all. I mean, she chose to stay with the Cosmic Angels. And it broke into tears for Tam. Like, she chose to stay with her. I mean, she understands that she would have been better off shining elsewhere. But she chose Cosmic Angels instead. And I think... For her, she felt grateful that she chose to stay. And I think that's the best moment. But the way it ended is with her saying, I am the true new blood. And I, w I didn't even notice that Momokogo, who was in fact in commentary, was crying. She cried. Now, if you guys know this, Momokogo and Waka were actually... Uh, came from the same promotion together, um, At-Risk Girls. And and here's the thing. I feel like much of the storyline also revolves around Momo, Momokogo because in the last two months, she hasn't picked up a win at all. And I think that puts it like more like, okay, we have another storyline with Momo who may be envious or jealous that somehow that Waka, uh, for a long time, who hasn't picked up a win, finally picked up the win. And what I like to end is like, Waka gets to walk away with a happy ending. Not only with the win, but with the people that she feels are irreplaceable. She feels like no one could ever replace the friends that she made with, with Saki, Yuko, Tam, Natsupoi, and Mina. Those who were with her that day. Now, 
I know some of you are saying, what about Unagi? Well, Unagi couldn't make it. Now, my opinion is Unagi's reasons she wasn't there was made because she didn't want to upset Mina after what happened the last time. Um, Hikari Shimizu and Rina Amakura, who are also members of Colors, uh, also aligned with, aligned with um, Co the Cosmic Angels, they couldn't be there either, I'm sure, because they are pre were preparing for their upcoming event with Marvelous. But it was a, a great story, and and I think it shows us, like, okay, what's next for Waka? And I think many fans have asked, okay, she picked up her first win. Where does she go from here? And this is what happened. The following day was the, uh, the opening rounds of the Cinderella tournament. Waka was with the commentators. They were talking about her, about her big victory she had with Nanane. And I can tell that they're saying, you uh, uh, pick, uh, picked up a huge win against a top-tier competitor. We're talking about a red belt champion, a tag champion, all of it. And I think she felt grateful that, yes, I went, uh, the, uh, the odds were against me. And I think that, but here comes Rossi Ogawa. Now, I want to be fair. I, for some, for a long time, I've been picking up some Japanese references, even if I don't understand it. She mentioned Rossi mentioned about the mysterious opponent, the mystery opponent for Lady C in the opening match, and he not and he said that the opponent will be Waka, and she's like, huh? Like you're you're being for real, right? And and, and of course, Rossi Ogawa was being for real, telling her that. She is in the tournament, and she's going to face Lady C. And, you know, it, and she's, like, tell, telling her, go to backstage and get ready. So she runs, and I can tell by the look of the expressions from the commentators of the night. We're saying, are you sure you really want to put her with Lady C? I don't know if Rossi Ogawa was expressing, look, if she was able to beat a top-tier competitor like Nanane, she won't have a problem beating a taller individual. And that person was Lady C. So it was really interesting because here's the thing. I feel now that Waka is going to redeem herself by all the losses she had with certain wrestlers. And Lady C is one of them. So that's, I have to say, it's a perfect match for Waka to redeem herself of her loss with Lady C that she had. Now, keep in mind, Lady C and Waka were really good friends before they went to their respective units. And I'm sure since last year's Tag League, I'm sure that Lady C would have loved nothing more than tag with her because she feels more happier to be with her. And I didn't think it was possible, but I think the best moment is when she applied another big win when she applied the Aussie suplex with the roll-up, giving her the win. Even Lady C couldn't even believe it that she lost to Waka. But in the same time, she was happy. It's like she was devastated, but happy at the same time. But she knew she couldn't take this away from her. So in in this perspective of the story with Waka and Lady C in this match, it's saying, okay, Lady C got one over Waka, and now Waka has one over L Lady C. And I think it feels for her like it makes her happy but sad at the same time. I mean, she doesn't want to hurt her because she cares about her. And I think that tells us a good story. But now the real question is, Who's next? Now, this is the, what I do know. The next, she's she receives a bye so far. The next opponent, it's either Sudi or Kisaki Kashima. <laughs> okay, the reason I'm laughing, boy, is because this is funny. Kashima does not want nothing to do with with uh, Sudi. She's afraid of her. She did that twice 
last year, one at Five Star Grand Prix and the other at the Goddesses Tag League. And <laughs> boy, she got she she doesn't like it. Trust me, guys. And now she has to confront her. But some people are going out. Okay, some people somebody some people tweeted this about. Okay, if Saki Kashima wins her match with Sudi, then Waka will walk away with the win against Kashima. I mean, it does seem a little logical. But recently, Waka has put this out on Twitter last night, uh, since today is the 28th? No, the 29th of March. Yesterday, she put out a photo that her next goal is the future belt. I'm like, oh, go for it, girl. Go for it. That's what you want. So I think that tells us that this is exactly what she needs. The future belt needs to be with her now. So the, we know that Arena, Arena from Oda Tai has issued a challenge towards her because, as you know, Rina has been very adamant about wrestlers who are in their 30s or, or, or above their 20s and 30s winning the, the, the future belt. She always says the future belt is meant for younger wrestlers, but on a perspective, it's only for wrestlers who are, in fact, um, have two to three years wrestling experience. And Waka fits that prescription. So basically, she qualifies for that belt so that kind of sets it off so we'll see what happens then so i'm very happy for her i i, I want to admit tell everybody i did cry i i did not cr i did not hold back because it was a beautiful story with waka winning her first match and i think everybody felt the same way so yeah okay let's move on to our next topic now those who know this uh Emmy Sakura, who, who is the founder of Got To Move, as you know, she's been living here in the States for a couple years. She has been making appearances at promotion from North Carolina called uh, Deadlock Pro Wrestling, and she is the current women's champion of that promotion. However, something really interesting was announced. It appears there's going to be a two-day crossover event between these two promotions, but it's not going to take place here in the States. It's going to take place in Japan next month in April on the 25th and the 27th. And I don't know which show venue is going to be in, but I do know that which venues are. I don't know which is going to be what. So we do know they're going to have it at the Shinkiba First Ring and Ch uh, Shinjuku Face. I have to say it's amazing to hear this. I'm sure many of the wrestlers who appeared at Deadlock Pro Wrestling are looking forward to this. I mean, ask yourself, if an American promotion wants to do a crossover event, how cool it is to go to Japan and have your event there. I would love to see this match, this event, clearly, because it's going to be great. I wouldn't. I, I was a bit of surprised about this. I'm, like, wondering, what did Emi Sakura had to do to convince them that this is a... Per I, I don't know if she's building a working relationship with them, but... It would seem awesome in that capacity to see that because, I mean, Deadlock Pro Wrestling are from the, uh, for me, from or, or they're from North Carolina, so that makes them East Coast, and uh, it's so amazing to hear that. But Got to Move has its own un uh, uniqueness as its own as one of the smallest promotions. They don't even have a, a ring of their design; they just rent it out wherever they go. I mean, they've been to many uh, venues over the years, but yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that. 
Now, our next topic, this one's a very interesting one. This one involves, of course, Unagi Sayaka. Now, as you know, since Unagi decided to uh, go freelancing in October of 2022, she has been killing it in the in the independence as a freelancing, appearing in, mo- in various promotions such as uh, Marvelous, Sendai Girls, um, Gleet, Pro Wrestling Zero, um, Diana, but one of the most recent events that took place was on the 25th or 26th in Marvelous. No, yeah, 26th in Marvelous in Yokohama. Now, one of her much recent matches she had with, um, what's her name, with A.I. Hosen. Now, you probably ask yourselves, why is that so special? I know for a fact many times I have witnessed it. There are many people who felt that ever since um, Unagi um, had AOI by her side and so is Yurika from Sendai, I often talk about, man, how many r- younger wrestlers she's taking with her under her wing. And AI Hosen has seems to follow in her in her path, basically. Like, she really wants to have her taken under her wing. And there was a moment, I think, Housen felt like she's, like, in a similar position as Waka. I don't know if she feels that A.I. Housen is in, it has that same kind of love of pattern of Waka, the way she has been losing. Like, A.I. Housen isn't one of the best wrestlers. But she often talked about herself. And... This is what gets interesting. Yunagi have often talked about how she felt unhappy with stardom in her final year of last year with them. You know, having her bookings to go losing streaks. Not to mention, look what how things were with her at the five-star Grand Prix, where she lost all her matches, only she won two. And... She felt that maybe stardom have done her wrong, but Shiguza Nagayo decided that I, that she wants to retrain her. She wants to prove stardom wrong about Unagi, and it's like, wow, I just can't bet, believe that that she really is going to help Unagi to prove stardom how wrong they were about her. I mean. It's true. I mean, we have seen promotions that didn't give a lot of faith in certain wrestlers. I'm sh- I'm sure that they felt maybe Unagi wasn't the right person to be there, but she did show a lot of character. And I think that was probably one of the reasons. But if this proves right now with her being retrained, and people are dubbing this as Unagi being the last disciple of, of Nagayo in her, in her tutelage, it would make sense. And it would be amazing to see that. But someone did often say that, said this on her Instagram. Will she ever win the AAAW title that Marvelous has? And she said, that's the plan. I wouldn't be surprised if she wins it. And imagine Unagi. Imagine Unagi winning that belt. Tam with the red belt and Mina with the white belt. The three original core members of cosmic angels with that those with the top titles 
in the promotion. I mean, Mina and Tam with them, and Unagi with this belt, it tells us they made it through the top, and I would love to see that moment between them. And I think it would tell a fantastic story with her. Now, on a sad news and disappointing news, as you know, a week ago, uh, Josh Alexander suffered an injury. He is being forced to, he's being, he relinquished the, the Impact Wrestling World title. Uh, that title will now be defended in, um, how do I say, in Rebellion next month between Kushida and, oh, what's his name, Steve Macklin. However, a lot of his bookings have changed recently. Um, amongst them is, of course, um, the Wrestling Revolver Thursday that takes place all, uh, next month. They replaced him with Chris Sabin, which is good. Uh, Leah Rush was repla- replaced him for the Multiverse United taking place this weekend. Uh, plenty others. So it would make sense about that. Uh, the kind of injury that she had was, of course, was a torn bicep. I'm sure that he's going to be gone for a long, lefty long, a time to recover. But we don't know when will he ba- be back. But uh, Frankie Kazarian kind of told him, look, I know you're bummed. But think about this way. You will come back stronger than ever. And I'm sure that he will say, I haven't lost this belt at all. I had to relinquish it. Many people use that as a way of saying, I never lost the belt. I just gave it up because of my injury. And that kind of sets it in for everyone in in every capacity as a wrestler. So I would definitely see something like that in the future. But uh, we'll just got to wait and see how it's going to be played out for that. Uh, I think that's Portrait Word Alexander. So our final topic, um, two matches have been announced for the IWGP women's title with Mercedes Monet will be defending it in a three-way at New Japan Pro Wrestling Sakura Genesis against Azuki and Azumi. Now, we know Azumi issued the challenge first, but Azuki, during the Cinderella pre- uh, tournament press conference, she integrated herself with this, and there was no word. Now, we know Mercedes Monet will not back down from anything, but in, thi- oh, excuse me. in this case, I'm sure that Mercedes Monet is willing to go to distance and challenge both these ladies. So that match will happen. However, whoever walks out of Sakura Genesis will defend that title on April 23rd for Stardom's All-Star Queensdom. And, and whoever walks out is going to face uh, Mayu Iwatani, who is the challenger. Now, Mayu Iwatani, in her hometown of Yamaguchi, where she was, where she's originally from, uh, announced it during a stardom event a couple of weeks ago and everybody are happy for her that she finally now some of you may question okay j-rod why didn't she actually won that belt to begin with there was a reason uh mayu utani wanted a new deal and apparently they were negotiating that and they couldn't come to terms in time so luckily it looks like whatever deal that she made it happened um I'm not sure exactly what is the details of the deal that she might have made when it comes to this, but we're only get to see. Now, however, another interesting topic revolving the IWGP women's title. Turns out someone else has their sights set on this title, 
And you guys are not going to believe this if you have been paying attention. Former NXT star Soray, or better known as in Japan, Suri, said that she has her, she target is going to target the IWGP women's title belt. She said that's a belt that she wants in her waist. However, Rossi Ogawa was asked this question during a press during a post match comment saying, "Suri, if she wants to." the IWGP title, all she needs to do is come to a a stardom show and see her determination from there. So it's more like she's inviting her to check it out. I say it's going to be a good thing for her because I know for a fact she said that she's going to focus on her show that's going to take place in May, but the real question is, when will this happen? Now, if I was Sari, I would definitely come and see this match, see come to a stardom show, at Yokohama on April 23rd between Mayu and Mercedes Morning. I would say I would go to that if that's the case. So I would love to see that if that whenever that happens, but we don't know when. So we will pay attention closely to that. Uh, but I think that's pretty much it what we have for everyone. I hope everybody has a great day. Um, don't forget this weekend is WrestleMania. We got tons of wrestling going on. We got the collective by GCW. Um, we got Impact Wrestling. We got some other shit th taking place. I'm looking forward to everything. Uh, it's going to be one crazy weekend. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, Saturday. Oh, my God. I think I just kicked my ass over this because I got work to do on around morning all the way to the afternoon. But I'll make it work because I am me, people. That's who I am. So. I'll see you guys in the next episode, so I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!